Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I want the money. I want the fame, I want the whole world to know my name This is mine, I gotta get it, I gotta get it, got, got to get it Another period Natasha Legero and Ricky Lindholm are the creators, stars, and co-writers of the excellent show Another Period Backed by a brilliant cast that includes Christina Hendricks, Michael Ian Black, Paget Brewster, David Koechner, and other comedic heavyweights Another Period is a hybrid reality show slash period piece satire that is one of the most joke-rich and funniest programs on television today. On January 23rd, Another Period returns for its third season on Comedy Central, with episodes airing on the Comedy Network and Crave TV in Canada. So I recently connected with its talented creators on a conference call. Part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, this is the 376th episode of Creative Control featuring Natasha Legero and Ricky Lindholm of Another Period with your host, me, Vish Khanna. I want the whole world to know my name. This is mine. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Another period. Hi, Ricky. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's good to have you here. And Natasha, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for asking. Well, it's polite. I'm Canadian. We ask polite questions here. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's very, very, very this nice. It's all making sense now. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say uh, I love another period. I want to take a moment here on behalf of whoever's listening to thank you for making this show. I can see all the work that goes into it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So that's what I, I just want to gush right from the top and say thank you. Thanks to both of you. Oh, thank that's you. So that's so nice. nice. Again, it's my Canadian. We like it, but we're biased. So. <laughs> I, I feel like it's, it's sophisticated enough that Canadians would really be attracted to it. Yes. And I mean, I can see the joy in it. I assume this is uh, truly a, a labor of love. Is, is that fair to say, Ricky, this is something you just love doing? We love it. We're obsessed with it. Like we think about it all year long, even when we're not making the shows. We, we, got, we got an idea yesterday for something. We just, we just love it. It brings us a lot of joy. 
Now, Natasha, how does how does an, when you say you both have an idea that that came up, how does that sort of happen? And or how did this how how did this idea kind of come about? Is it just through conversation? Is it brainstorming on the show? Well, I think you know whenever we start talking about the show, we get inspired, or sometimes you'll see something in the news, and that will be you know because right now we are in a time period where a lot of the things that were happening in the Gilded Age in America are sort of being echoed now. So a lot of times we'll be looking through the news and we'll be like, oh, this is something that could actually, we could put in our show that takes place 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of that. And I, I want to get into the show because, uh, you know, you're, you're launching the third season. When we last left the Bellacourts, everything in the family seemed to be in disarray and some chaos. There seemed to be some growth, but also chaos. There was a bankruptcy, divorce, uh, the brown sheep of the family, if you will, Hortense, was in a fiery, <laughs> fiery That's car funny. crash. Yeah. Previously on Another Period. Two women destroyed this haven of sand. They are as of yet unidentified. They are the new face of feminism. May I present to you Hermit Constantine Bellicourt. All right, sisters, clear the space. I have this room reserved for my meeting today. And we will not rest until every woman everywhere has the right to vote. No votes for women! Hortons and Bertram, they're dead. You've been served. They're divorce papers. I suppose I'll just take the Abbey. All of the companies folded, and they all transferred their funds to the Abbey. Sweet Dodo. May I have this one last dance? How could this happen? Ricky, how does season three pick up the story of the Bellacourts? Is it are we jumping right back into where we were? Yeah, we kind of start where we left off. We we start, you know, at Hortense's funeral. We're like we're we're ready, you know, we're jumping right back in and and Dodo, our mother, has all the money and she's got this hot husband or hot boyfriend, Jermaine Clement, and it all like right from the beginning, it all sort of like Explodes. Right. It, it literally after the explosion, it explodes again. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so the funeral is. I mean, Natasha, there's a thing about the show that I, I enjoy, and I think a lot of people enjoy it. Is that it does seem like no one really dies. So I, you mentioned the, you know, Ricky mentions the funeral. Is that is it a sad occasion? This funeral, Natasha, would you say is it is it truly the end of Hortense, a beloved, if maligned character? Well, I can't give it away, but <laughs> I will say it's. It, I, I would say the funeral is more inconvenient for Lillian and Beatrice because they'd rather be, you know, taking a bath or something. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. But there's a chance. And it's like five people in the family just passing around the only thing left of Hortense, which is like this burnt tire from her accident. <laughs> We're just like, ew. And no one has anything to say about her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Hortense. But there's a chance. Yeah, but but I think like no one really uh, dies, and even if they do, there's always a chance. I thought I thought at the, I thought in the beginning of the 20th century, people died rather easily. But in your show, people seem very resilient. They always seem to come back from death. <laughs> yes, they do, because we love our cast so much. Except for the casting of Hortense, do you love the cast? It's always changing. I must say, I don't mean to focus on Hortense, but she intrigues me. Uh, <laughs> the casting, <laughs> the well, casting so has become kind of a joke. Was we had. We had a Hortense, we had this woman play Hortense in the pilot, and then she wasn't available to do the series, and so we had to recast, and we recast it for the rest of the season. So there's two Hortenses in season one. And then at the end of season one, the woman playing Hortense got another TV show, so we had to recast. (laughs) And we're like, okay, let's just make a joke out of it and recast it every year. Okay, so if and when we 
Might ever, as well embrace it. Right. You know? If we hear from Hortense again in a spirit form, in a real form, it could be someone else. Yes, it will be. <laughs> oh, it will be. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. No, okay. if, if we hear from Hortense again, it'll be someone else. Okay. Because yeah. every year we want to have a new, a new uh, Hortense. Okay, all right. That, that, that's, that clarifies things slightly. Thank you very much. Now, Ricky, you mentioned Father Donahue, Jermaine Clement. Uh, I... You know, I hesitate to get into too many plot dynamics with this show because it's so silly. But I did notice that there seems to be a new power dynamic there. Some maybe some conflict with Michael Ian Black's peepers. Is that something we can expect? Is there going to be a blow up over Dodo there? Yeah, there is. That's a good. Yeah, there's a love triangle because you know they both uh, have vested interest in Dodo for you know either nefarious or benevolent reasons. Yes, Dodo but, is... But, you know, they, they, they butt heads over her. Right, okay, so we're, we will see more of that. And, uh, Natasha, I want to ask you about Blanche. Blanche had a baby. How is that work-life balance going to work? I have a suspicion it's not going to work out very well for her. I mean, think of how hard it is to have a baby in general if, if you're, like, you know, a normal person who's not having to shovel coal for your whole life. So, you know, I, I think that it... Yes, it's it's not going to go well, but there are going to be some surprises as well. Yes, yes, the show with Blanche's baby. Oh, with Blanche's, and also Blanche's baby is is played by Beth Dover's real baby. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. So that so this we're we're going to learn more, but I'm intrigued by all all of the characters. But Blanche's backstory fascinates me, and I I just worry that she's going to be saddled with that baby while she's doing stuff, and I I, I worry. That's all. It's a concern. I have a concern. You have a yeah. You should about yeah, yeah about Blanche. I'm just a, a little worried. Yeah, I mean the fun the fun part about Blanche is that nothing ever goes well for Blanche, and you know no matter how close she gets to happiness, she'll never actually find it. Yeah. So it's that journey, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. what we want from Blanche. <laughs> Now, I want to talk, for people who haven't seen the show, they might be a little lost at this point, and that's fair. We're trying to get them to watch it, because as I said at the top, one of the greatest and funniest shows I've ever seen. Uh, Natasha, can you talk a little bit about what initially inspired Another Period? Yeah, um, I had just randomly read this book about the Gilded Age in America, because, you know, everyone was, you know, watching Downton Abbey, and I loved it, but like, well, what about America? Like, did what was America doing at that time? And I read this book and it basically talked about how 90% of all of the wealth in America, you know, during the Gilded Age was like 1900 to 1910, uh, was all in this place, Newport, Rhode Island, 90% of all the wealth. So I was like, wow, this place sounds amazing. And, uh, you know, I happened to take a trip there. I had some free time. I was just so interested in this. And I just thought it would be a good place to just go relax by myself. And I was just so intrigued by the house tours and then I had told Ricky about it. Well, Ricky and I were both wanting to come up with uh, an idea together. And so she had an idea. I, I had an idea about this, you know, like about this turn of the century thing and then another thing about a fake reality show. And then Ricky had an idea. She's like, well, what if we combine those things? And then she came to Rhode Island with me and we went on all these house tours and got really inspired by the place. And then we just, the show kind of just started to write itself as we kind of learned about all of these stories. Would would you say that's right, Ricky? (laughs) Yeah, we think it's like if a family like the Kardashians moved into Downton Abbey. That's kind of the the premise. Because yeah, we we wanted, we were talking about making a a parody of a reality show, which is very hard to do because they're also, it's, they're so out there already. And then talking about the Gilded Age and it was like, oh, well, 
let's put that together. Yeah, I mean, I was I was also a fan of uh, Burning Love, which did sort of a similar thing with a similar group of people. You, uh, Natasha, you were involved in that show, as I recall. Burning Love, yes. Yes, and and, and uh, Ricky, were you involved in any way? I was not. I, I wish so because I loved that show. If they make a new season, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all we all kind of know each other, and you know, Mike Rosenstein and Red Hour produced it, and they produced our show, so. You know, we're all kind of part of the same improv family. But yeah, I think um, I think that's how we found Beth. <laughs> yeah, no, I only raised the, that uh, show up, raised that show here because I feel like reality TV at the time in particular was really ripe for parody and satire. Do you feel like it still has that prevalence today? I mean, I think so, but it would have to be, you'd have to have another angle, like how we set ours in 1902. Like, I think, I think you need to, you know, dig deeper because there's so many reality shows that... It'd be hard to parry. I mean, if you watch Burning Love now, it's still amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It, I think the parodies are holding up maybe even more so than some of the, the actual shows. I don't know. I'm a little disengaged from reality <laughs> TV myself. I don't watch a lot. I don't watch any of it, frankly. But at the same time, it's in the culture enough that I get all your jokes. Like I get <laughs> like on another period, like I can tell with the editing and what you're doing, like, like the, the kind of documentary uh, and lunacy of, of, the, of the cast of characters. It all comes through, which I which I appreciate. Um, I'm curious, are there any significant changes on another period, say within the casting, production, writing, or the way you approach this show generally that are reflected this season? Ricky, do you want to take that one? Um, well, one thing that's different is, uh, you know, last season, Paget Brewster, who plays our mom, Dodo, she was uh, on another show, but then this season, she got to be in every episode. So there's a lot more Dodo, which is exciting. Okay. Um, and we have a lot of Jason as you know, well, Jason Ritter. Yeah. We focus a lot on Jason's political career this season, <laughs> which, <laughs> he's, is, which is fun because he's the dumbest character in the house. That's right. And uh, when last we left, I, b- I believe he was vice president. Uh, he was facing some some accusations there, but he's, he's, he remains the vice president of the United States. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> he's, now, he's a heartbeat away from running things. Right. Uh, speaking of helping run things, <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, just for more background, Natasha, how did you both connect with Jeremy Connor? I see his name uh, as being very integral, his his work being very integral to this show. Can you talk a little bit about your, your work with Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, that was actually Ricky's idea. I think she just, maybe Ricky, you should say why you thought of Jeremy. I mean, he's obviously the perfect person for this. I think it was just an instinct, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was years ago. And so we were trying to find the right director. And I was like, well, there's this guy who made this short called Drunk History. that you know, people hadn't really seen it yet. It wasn't a show. It was just this funnier die short. And I sent it to Natasha. And she was like, yeah, that's the guy. And, you know, we, we sent him the script and met up and it was just, um, it just felt right. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned- and he directed every episode. He did right, and and his work like so he's directing uh, another period, and and how much creative input does he have with you in terms of writing uh, the show? Oh, actually, I guess he does write. The, he writes episodes as well, right? He's he's in the he's in the writers' room with us as much as he can be because he's also, you know, Drunk History has a pretty busy schedule because they they shoot so much because they shoot all of the interviews. You get that show right in Canada? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay. So they have to shoot all of the interviews, then they shoot all of the reenactments. So he's he's very busy, but he really was committed to, you know, coming in and out as much as he could. So he definitely, you know, he's amazing with story. Uh, he's actually a really talented writer as well as director. So he was really integral in helping us I see. figure okay. out, you know, stories and 
yeah. So Natasha, you and he's funny. And he's kind of got it all. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, you read this book about the Gilded Age of America, and, and both of you just referenced uh, drunk history. There's something going on here about how history uh, and the past might be relevant to the present. I mean, that's going on on your show too. Can you talk about that? Is uh, are you both history buffs, so to speak? Like Natasha, what compelled you to read this book about? America's past was it was it anything to do with what like is this going to can can this book inform what's happening now like did you have that instinct I mean I think that like more than anything I was just interested in glamour <laughs> <laughs> and you know I I always like reading about like you know rich people and I'm just kind of fascinated by you know glamour and wealth and how it comes about like almost you know in my stage persona I sort of study it and I kind of came from a working class background. So I've always, you know, you're always kind of fascinated by what you don't have. Um, so I think more than anything, I was just interested in that. And then hearing about this city that still exists, that used to be like, you know, the Downton Abbey of America, or, you know, the, the you know, our royal, you know, because America doesn't necessarily have royal roots like England. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we kind of did it in a different way. And then once Ricky and I started really studying it, it was so interesting because it's like, you know, we don't, the families who lived in Newport are very unique. Like, they're not like the people from Downton Abbey. They don't come from, you know, 30 generations of dukes and duchesses. They're, you know, people who... Yeah, there's nothing preordained about their wealth. They earned it, right? They went from like being a fur trapper to being a billionaire. Right. Yeah. So they just would, they were much more scrappy, much more new money. And, you know, that is very American. And, and I just, we realized no one's really told a story, even in a, in a dramatic way. I mean, ours is a comedy, but there was, you know, everyone's always obsessed with the 1920s. And, you know, there's so many periods in American history that have been so like, you know, mined. And we just thought, wow, this one, no one really talks about it. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, are you yourself also fascinated by this notion of dynasty without decorum? Because that's what I feel like really is going on <laughs> on the show. I, yeah, I really am. And that's one of the reasons I find certain reality shows interesting, like like the Real Housewives shows or the Kardashians, because it is dynasty without decorum. And it's, it's you know, it's like, it's new. These people had so much money, they didn't know what to do with it. And they couldn't stop showing it off. Yeah, there's that aspect. You know, they just kept spending it. Right. There's the there's that kind of opulence. But what about this notion of not knowing how to behave in society as a civilized human being? Like, what, there seems to be an absence of of just you know just general civilized behavior, which I find fascinating. And clearly, it's great fodder for comedy. I mean, can you think of other? Well, on our show, we don't. There are no good people on our show. Everyone's a bad person, and that's on purpose because it's funnier. It's just, it's just funnier. Like everyone is, you know, terrible in flawed. their own ways. Everyone's sort of flawed and evil. And it's more fun to play those characters. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hinted at this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Towards the Some end. Some of the servants are good. That's, wait, who? Which <laughs> one? Which one is good? Well, I would say Blanche isn't bad. Yeah, I guess Blanche <laughs> is put upon. Maybe Garfield. Maybe Garfield. Garfield. I do have to say the second, we do have a, a that episode in season one where Blanche uh, gets to be a royal for a day and she immediately turns bad. Yeah, I just. <laughs> she's like throwing meat at Christina Hendricks. Like it took her half an hour. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just suggested that Blanche was okay, even though she pushed a, a pregnant woman down the stairs. So that tells you where I'm coming from. Yeah. I, <laughs> I might have some problems. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert for anyone who hasn't seen that episode. But geez, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's it's yeah. a cruelty. It's an evil. But yeah. that's the bar. It's it's the best person in the house pushed a pregnant woman down, down the stairs. <laughs> yes, that, that is the nature of the show. And I, I also I also want to say in terms of just you know the the show and and how we kind of lucked into this this whole world. I, I think it's just you know it just was luck that it just kept getting the the echoes of the past just keep becoming more and more relevant today and you know it's like at that time period they weren't paying income income tax and now it's like we've just finally with this new income tax bill in america Mm. figured out how to legally have the super rich people pay even less income tax so it's like everything's just sort of being echoed um and also this is the time it's basically this time and the gilded age are the two times in history, Ricky was just telling me this, where there's the most disparity among the rich and the poor. Right. So we're basically mm-hmm. right back there. Oh! Oh! Stupid me. I sullied these potatoes with my stupid blood. <gasps> Garfield, this is not your fault. You were completely sleep deprived. Thank you, talking radish. You know what? This is madness. We are making all these sacrifices, putting ourselves in, in physical danger, holding on to our bowel movements for days. I haven't been holding anything in. If you open up a closet door, expect a surprise. Closet crapping. And for what? We are going to stop serving the Bellacourts and start serving ourselves. We are going to strike. But we haven't been ordered to strike. Oh, what is this? Have I stumbled upon a garden party? Should I have brought my limbo stick? Oh, look at this. Susan brought my limbo stick. Thank you very much, Susan. The president of America is coming to dinner, but we're having a limbo party. Come on, everybody. How low can you go? How low can you go? Mr. Peepers, we don't want to limbo. We want to strike. (gasps) Strike How dare you utter the S-word in this kitchen, you ungrateful piece of shit! Yeah, there's a thing that I I think I've heard people from the show Veep talk about this, where they would film an episode of the show and then something would happen in the news cycle that was so eerily similar 
that they were kind of creeped out. Like just something so absurd happened that they kind of rewrote scenes or maybe reshot things or just rethought about the show. Has that happened to you? Have you have you come up with a, a sequence or a plot idea and then wondered uh, uh, maybe, maybe we should revisit this? Yeah, there, the, we did an episode about hatchet control, which is like gun control. And David Wayne, who plays my husband, has a condition where he like inexplicably throws hatchets. And I still think we should have hatchets. And it it aired at the same time when the Senate was doing that sit-in about gun control on the Senate floor. Oh, weird. So that was a weird parallel. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then also we had um, we have coming up in the third season, Lillian uh, tries to date this. Is he is he a senator, Ricky? Uh, no, he's just, he's a toilet king. Right, he's, a he's in man. charge. Yeah. He's a toilet he's in king? He's of... <laughs> yeah. Well, toilets were like big business back then because, you know, people, not everyone had one. Right, of course, sure, yes, and, yes. Uh, but basically, Lillian finds out that he wanted a girl who was like under 14, and so she tries to pose as a younger person. But basically, you know, it's a very echoing of the Roy, Roy Moore situation. Uh, and he even kind of sounds like Roy Moore, the guy we cast. Like, it wasn't totally unintentional. Yeah, yeah. In the com- I mean, we wrote that a year ago. In the Comedy Central promo for this, they, they wrote that in the upcoming season, the Bellacourts fight for suffrage in Congress, become some of America's first female Olympic athletes, deal with an opioid addiction, and campaign to make America great again for the first time. So clearly like th- those are contemporary issues in, in most cases and and they inform the show. How how important is it for you to use that kind of fodder to comment on what's happening about it? You know what I mean? On your show, because you've got the show set in the past. Is, is, do you view the show as a vehicle to, to make this kind of commentary, uh, Ricky? Yeah, we do. And we try to have a mix because we don't want it to be so we just we try to have a mix of commentary and silliness, just all, you know, thrown together. But we don't want to, you know, we're able to say these things and we want to. Like there's a, there's a scene this this season where Frederick is, you know, running for the, to be the president and he goes to the Dodo Bird Hunters Union and promises to unextinct the birds so they'll get their jobs back. <laughs> and, you know, there's a big, big parallel there. Right. Wait, with what is... And it's, and it's, but it's also funny, so... Yeah, yeah. What about you there, Natasha? Do you do you feel the same? Like, is it important for you to, to use the show to, to sort of comment on what's going on? I mean, I think what's really great about the show is, like, it just sort of happens that it's it's very relevant now, so we don't really have to push it, and then we can just focus on the comedy and, you know, the silliness, like the classic Another Period, you know, stuff that really did happen in history like this woman did throw a huge dinner party for her dog you know like so we can just kind of do all the silly stuff and then the political stuff just sort of is there ingrained in into the fabric of the show so it's really nice yeah yeah i I can see that because it does seem like you're focused more on the jokes and that that other stuff kind of as you say it just sort of occurs within it i I can appreciate that um growing up as a as a young person as a as a man in canada i really looked up to ben stiller uh i liked his ben stiller show a lot i liked his films uh i'm just curious about your interactions for those who don't know his production company is involved in this show does he have a creative role at all in another period i know he appeared as uh ponzi but uh, does he does he actually interact with you in terms of the the writing or the creation of the show? Not in the writing or creation of it. I think he's more there for support. You know, 
his, uh, you know, blessing on a show, it gets the show made, you know, and he went to the TCAs with us and he'll talk about it in the press and he's passionate about the show. He loves the show, but creatively it's, you know, they, they leave it to me and Natasha. Okay. Natasha, did that show mean something to you? The Ben Stiller show? Did you ever see it? Well, it was a slight, I don't want to say before my time because I just wasn't in the comedy world when it came out, but I remember my first manager gave it to me as like a Christmas gift to watch. And I was, I was, and so I watched it sort of after the fact, but I was very impressed with it with everyone. It was Andy Dick and Janine Garofalo. And I just thought they were also, it was Bob Odenkirk in that too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. I just thought yeah. it was so good and so funny. And well, that that was before Mr. Show, right? That's correct. Yeah, I don't mean to comedy nerd out about it, uh, but yeah, that for some reason that <laughs> I still see the Ben Stiller show is sort of you know it was only around for I think like eight episodes or something like a very short round, but I can see it like I kind of oh, see really? it. Yeah, it was a very short. It got canceled, but uh, it also had this freewheeling satiric like it was very contemporary and like very much of the moment and really skewering whatever. And everything was... kind of flowed into the next sketch and. Oh, I had no idea that I owned the entire the entire library of it because <laughs> yeah. I was given I was given the gift of the season. But yes, I think that yeah, Ben is definitely a fan of the show, and it was so amazing. I mean, he's obviously so busy, but it was so great that he was able to even be you know a part on our show. We were so excited to have him. Yeah, um, and he was so funny. So yeah, he was yeah. really good, and he did all like we wrote him a lot of really out there lines and he was like so game <laughs> yeah but you know he he has people working for him or with him debbie liebling who was like very you know integral in our kind of creative creative process she would give us great notes on every script and really worked like hand in hand with the network and us and um i don't know if you know who she is she pretty much brought South Park to Comedy Central. So yeah. she's kind of a legend in her own right. So, yeah. So, you know, Ben hired amazing people to help with the show. Yeah. When yeah. he couldn't be there. Right. Okay. Well, I, uh, you know, speaking of Ben and some of the people you've had on the show, as in past seasons, another period has a long list of amazing guest stars scheduled to appear this season. I'm curious, at this point, Ricky, was there anyone who actually made a point of asking if they could be cast on the show this year? Are you at that point? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure. We've had comedians, you know, friends be like, hey, if you have something for me, I'd love to do it. And then we're always like, yeah, we, we yeah. Because, you know, we have so many funny friends. And people have definitely mentioned that. But I don't think we've had any specific, like, you know, outreach. Like, please write me a role. Oh, not that I know of. Did, did you have any of that, Natasha? I mean, definitely people have asked me. <laughs> I don't want to say their names because I haven't been able to cast them all. But uh, it's, I mean, I think one thing we've really realized is that people, especially theater people, men love to play gay and <laughs> love to dress up. And everyone just sort of wants to get into these clothes and be these people. It was a much more flamboyant, fun time. Definitely not casual. I mean, there's, there's really even the servants aren't casual. I mean, ca there really wasn't. They're all in tuxedos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to really commit I to mean, your role. Women, yeah. The women change clothes, you know, what nine times a day, and the clothes are so extravagant, and you know, it's just such a different time period. 
Yeah, and Natasha, are you actually excited about any particular historical figures that are going to be appearing on the show this season? I know I, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to ruin anything. But are you particularly excited about anyone coming up on the show? Again, historical figures. Uh, I'm excited that Hitler makes an appearance. Hit- um, Hitler, really? Wow. Yeah, he was he like is, 11 at the time. 11. <laughs> um, we also have, I'm also excited about the uh, Houdini, who is, was a magician at the time, who was kind of all the rage. He, he makes an appearance in episode two. I like that you explained who Houdini was to me just now. That was amazing. <laughs> you know, well, you never know. Canadian, you guys know everything, but America is stupid. <laughs> they don't know what vaudeville is. They don't, I mean, everyone's just kind of clueless. Yeah. So you just got to really explain things. Houdini, Houdini, I believe, died in Montreal. Did you know that? Oh, wow, no. Yeah, it's one of our, it's a great shame, actually. We, we, I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it had something to do with the city, but yeah. He he's gone. And uh <laughs> Didn't he get Houdini got punched in the stomach too hard, wasn't that it? I believe by a French He had a trick where he would get punched in the stomach and then he then he got punched really hard in a weird spot. Maybe that's just a legend. No, no, no. That's uh, well, I mean, it's it's as true as a legend can be. That's what I've heard as well. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh not to mm-hmm. dwell too much on Hitler, but isn't uh, one of um Lillian's middle names Hitler? Lillian might it be is. related to him when he comes. That's a very good call. Okay. I just want to... Mm-hmm. Lillian, get... Abigail, Hitler, Schmemmerhornfish. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I, uh, <laughs> as I say, I, I love the show. I'm very happy it's back. I'm curious uh, at this point if you can talk a little bit about either what's next for you or what's next for the show. I mean, as the show, are you done? T- you're done taping this season of the show, I presume. It's all done. Yes. Yes. Okay. And edited and ready to go. Ready to go. So if anything weird happens, you can't fix it now. Like if anything changes right. and we all decide exactly. if we all decide that Hitler's cool, you can't go back and change it. <laughs> right. Well, some people have, clearly. So there's that. Um, but this season, it just sort of takes everything up a notch. It's sort of just it's just turned up. It's more frantic. It's like even more jokes. It's, it just got it's even crazier. So, I yeah, I love this season. Okay. And and in terms of both of you individually, I know you come together for this show, but is there anything uh, coming up for each of you that you want to talk about in terms of other projects? Um, I have a I have a special, but I just don't have an air date, so I I don't know when it's coming out yet. Sorry. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> great. Netflix. That's awesome. That's great. And uh and Ricky, I've you... just been I've just been writing. I've just been writing. Okay. So you got you got so, some... nothing nothing specific coming out. Okay. But so the focus But Ricky, you have your show, show you have running your show running is a full time job, you know. I know. Yeah. yeah. But Ricky, it's... you have your special on Netflix too. Oh yeah, there's the Garfunkel and Oates special trying to be special on Netflix, which is really fun. You should check that out. Yeah, I, I the only other question speaking of Garfunkel and Oates, like are, are there are we should we expect more and and maybe more elaborate musical numbers because I thought you kicked that up last season a little bit too uh, towards the end. Are we going to see? You more? know, there's a there's a whole um, there's an episode this season where um, you know Garfield finds his first parents and and you know he's going to sing some songs that we wrote. So and, <laughs> and all of our be songs more. have been all of our songs have been written by Kate and Ricky, but I don't think they're going by Garfunkel and <laughs> as the as the writing duo. But they have written all the songs. Okay, mm-hmm. so we That's might. That's right, right, Ricky. Right. Yes. So we, we're we're likely going to see more musical numbers. Yep, there's two yep. more this season. Okay, 
Great. Well, listen, I, uh, I, I'm a big fan. I, I want to thank you both for being on this show and for chatting with me today. And, and I wish you the best of luck with, uh, with everything. And, and also let people know that Another Period is, uh, is available on Comedy Central and the Comedy Network here in Canada and Crave TV here in Canada as well. So watch Another Period. It's amazing. Uh, Ricky, Natasha, thank you so much for being on the show and best of luck. Thank you. Awesome. Nice thank you. you. Special thanks again to Natasha Legero and Ricky Lindholm of Another Period for being on this, the 376th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all your finer podcast platforms. If you can't find an episode of the show that you're looking for or you want to learn more about me or sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control with Vishkana on Facebook, Follow me on Twitter at Vish Creative or at Vish Khanna. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph, Ontario. Please also consider visiting Patreon.com slash Creative Control to make a flexible monthly donation and keep this podcast going. Thanks to everyone who has pledged to this show. It means a lot and uh, could also use more support. So please, again, patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to all the sponsors who make this show possible as well as you listening. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to continue to support the show, just listen to it, really. Download it, subscribe to it, rate and review it positively, and spread the word about this program. And speaking of programs, again... Please watch another period. If you like to laugh, this show is unbelievable. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I hope uh, you get into it and enjoy it if you've not seen it before, because I think it's brilliant. All right, that's all I have to say for now. I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.